just like just for the sake of social justice or so being a social justice warrior so you know quote quote um but i think looking into the way that we do everything and prayerfully reflecting on like why we're doing that welcome to the spirit is lit podcast a spirit-centered podcast Join us each week for a conversation on faith, current events, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Spirit is Lit. You have Emmy over here and Thomas. And we're actually going to be interviewing Jacob today just to give us a little bit of a how do you do, get to know us a little bit more. So, hey, Jacob, how's it going? Hey, Emmy, how do you do? I do really well. <laughs> Good. Thank you for asking and clarifying that. So, so Jacob, um, let's just get down to it. Uh, I hear that you're Catholic. Um, tell us about what that looks like. Just, just you know, wrap so, that all up for us. Um, thank you so much for asking that question. Um, I would say I'm Catholic, but I would also say I'm Catholic. Like, uh... Yeah, because. Um, I think the thing about being Catholic is you got to be um, joy filled. You got to have that spirit moving within you in everything that you do. And I think that, you know, um, part of our faith uh, is, is modeling that example that Jesus did throughout his whole life, serving others um, and, you know, living with the spirit of God within him. So I think um, for us to take that example and uh, into our context today um, and just live with that spirit in, in us and like in uh, us as an, in, within the Catholic church, we have this beautiful tradition too of uh, sacraments and the, the, the Pope and all that good structuring within the church. Um, yeah. So I think that's what, what I hope I answered that question of being Catholic. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, it's very good. But then how do you, you, you say you're Catholic, but like, who are you? Like, how would you, how does being Catholic fit into who you are? Yeah, so I am originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I grew up in uh, actually a village. It's called the Village of Corrales. Um, and my mom is, uh, my mom's side of the family comes from like a Catholic tradition. So we would always go to mass growing up. And uh, it's just kind of like something we did. Um, and I, I mean, I never really took it really all that serious it's just like okay this is what we do um maybe once i'm older i won't go anymore but um now that i'm under my parents roof i'm going um and then it wasn't till like my i think it was my senior year in high school that i um started really taking it seriously had like a sort of a conversion experience so to speak um and i think that was when i started making uh, my faith kind of the focal point i guess of of all that uh, of of all, all that i do um yeah, and I guess a little bit more about me, some fun facts. I uh, like playing soccer. I like making music. And um, what kind of music? Hip hop, pop, poppy, no pop, electronic stuff. Yeah. If you could become famous, would you want to be top 40 or just get like an obscure Grammy that no one pays attention to? But it'll look good on your Wikipedia page. I think I would want to be like top 40, but I feel like I would. I would want people to know, like, uh, it's hard because I feel like I'd want people to know who I am more intimately, I guess, as opposed to like, just like the, the, the headline, like, you know, cause like, like you, you can't really be known as an artist. Yeah. Like versus just your name. Yeah. Yeah. 
or you know or even just like the headline where they see like maybe me picking my nose or something and then that's like all I'm amounted to I'm like dang it so what you're what you're saying is you pick your nose that's what I've heard out of this no 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 not <laughs> at all <laughs> maybe if, no, I'm just okay next what you had um you said before you said like you know there's transition from like yeah this is just something that we do it's a given um for your faith but you said there was like a change um where you kind of really started getting into it was was there like a, a focal point for that or something specific that happened or was it a gradual ex- exchange what was that like for you I think so I went to um Catholic high school and uh, so that which means we took like the, um, theology classes and all that and the, I don't know what class this was what the name of it, it might have been like sacraments or something but it was uh, after the um, like the lesson and we were just talking and asking questions to our teacher because she's teachers know everything when you're in high school um and we were asking her like just like what happens after whatever we die and then like we're talking about the hell and all that which which i i mean i don't think this is a good way to like evangelize now (laughs) but um me as a high schooler i was like oh holy crap (laughs) if i I, like if i'm doing all the bad things i'm doing whatever i was doing as a high schooler i'm gonna go to hell so then i was like freaking out on the way home i was like dry because i was you know uh, senior yeah, senior in high school and I could drive. I was like, okay, don't get in an accident. Don't get in an accident. Don't, don't die. Don't die. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like the turning point. It was really, um, and like, again, I don't condone any sort of evangelization <laughs> based on that premise, but. Um, okay, so fear, fear first and hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you remained in a fearful state? To <laughs> be fair though, the fear of God is a gift from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay yes i learned that recently relearned it because someone asked me what the whole gifts of the holy spirit were so i had to look them up the i don't always have in my back pocket but yes just like your list of sacraments and all that jazz um but no fear of the lord is a real thing and well i'm sure we'll get into that um later on this podcast and all that i don't know if that means like making people petrified <laughs> Jacob was afraid of hell and then now he's more catholic <laughs> well okay well are you still do you still have that perspective let's go from there Jacob. Yes. do you still have that perspective of fearful um, hell primarily being your faith i think that uh i guess just things are a little bit more complicated than black and white and i think um like thomas and i talked about this too i think and i would i think i was uh, aligned with like similar sort of um ways in which I process the world like there's a little bit more nuance and there's a little bit more I think that's going on within someone's like uh, thought processes and I guess their um, cognitive capacities or whatever like neuro neurological pathways or whatever um, that make them to do the decisions that make them make the decisions that they do um, and like I think like someone's upbringing too has a has a role in that like someone might come from a a family that's alcoholic or whatever and that's part of their genetics and that's a battle that they have to face so um I don't know I just think there's some nuance to it but also not to like let someone off the hook for 100% off the hook for like doing bad things but I just think like there's a bit more nuance to it um and I, I don't know I just think that God wants God God is that mercy within those situations um not allowing everything, but also not condemning everything, every little thing. No, there's definitely a balance. I can see that. 
So it sounds like your relationship with God has evolved from just being afraid of going to hell to actually a legitimate relationship. Is that what we're getting at here? Yeah. And I think, yeah, like that's a good, that's a raising a relationship like with like, like think about like a good parent uh, child relationship. Like they're going to, you know, they might chastise their child. They might do this or that, but like ultimately they want the best for their child. They're not going to like, shun their child they're gonna with their child they're gonna have conversation and as that child grows up they're gonna um that child is gonna mature um and be able to make the make their own decisions and i think um yeah i think yeah yeah there's just as we grow older in our relationship with god too we also have more of like an adult relationship with god where there's a um yeah maybe it's not as black and white as it was when we were kids yeah, you keep bringing up this idea of like black and white and definitely like a journey of faith. What, what is something in your relationship like uh, of that black and white, of, the, of that gray area that you're learning that? Like what, what made you start to look into those areas of gray? Was it, you know, certain people that inspired you in faith? Was it a certain um, way of praying or a certain experience you had? What was that like for you? I think the first thing for me that's coming up was um, my undergrad when I was taking, I was like New Testament class and learning about, uh, I guess, the different authors that wrote in the different contexts in which they wrote. Um, and like before that, like this, this, um, I didn't, I, I mean, I guess I just didn't know as much about the way that scripture was formulated and the way that it was put into these books. And I didn't, um, I think, I thought that it was like, heresy to, to like make sort of almost sort of spin-offs off of um, like scripture stories to, to make them a little bit more modern, obviously without like changing kind of um, doctrine, but like, I think, and I think that um, studying the, the new Testament in that class was helpful because these people that wrote the new Testament, I mean, it was obviously inspired by the Holy spirit, but they're also human. And I think there's a, like a human aspect to that too. And to, to, to be able to um, process that was helpful for me. Has that like uh, informed your your prayer life or how you, I don't know, how, how do you actually, that's a good question. Like, what is your prayer life? What is, do you have in prayer life? What we should have started there. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> no, I don't need to pray. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, what's yeah. your top three prayer methods? Go. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I went to my undergrad was at a Jesuit university. I honestly didn't know who the Jesuits, like what, who the Jesuits, what they were until I went there. I was like, and this was like super new to me. And I was like, what the heck is this? Um, at first, and then, um, yeah, I fell in love with them, with the Jesuit spirituality. So, um, I think for me, my top prayer, before, before you go back for those that don't know what, what is the Jesuit community? Cause I'm sure there are people that are just like you. Can, can you describe that really <laughs> briefly? Thank you. Thank you for doing for holding me back. So the Jesuit, uh, <laughs> no, 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 for uh, helping me explain. Yes. Um, so the Jesuit is um, another term for them is a society of Jesus. It's like an order. Women is an order of priests within the Catholic church. Their um, sort of charism, the thing that they like to do within their known for is like their education. Like they have all these universities, like all these loyal universities, Boston college um, and Georgetown Jesuit too. Um, 
yeah, and they're um, they're really them. I think the Dominicans are also known for their intellect too, um, faith and intellect, and they're also known for like contemplatives in action, which was almost like at the time when um, Ignatius kind of the whole movement, uh, his whole movement was starting. That was almost that was seen as like super radical because like to to take God into the world and pray like while you live people thought that that was like heretical because like you would lose sight of God if you go into the world, if you take God into the world, but like, uh, but Ignatius thought differently. So yeah, that's kind of Jesuit. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you went to a Jesuit school and that really impacted your prayer. So now it, your top three favorites are. Um, first is the, um, I think it's the, maybe just termed like Ignatian contemplation, which is basically just like, putting yourself into the, into the scene and like imagining that. And I think that's where, like what I was talking about earlier with the new Testament is like kind of being creative with that. Um, but by putting ourselves in that situation, like um, imagining uh, a, a scene where Jesus is uh, walking with his, with his disciple, but like being able to maybe imagine Jesus and Jesus walking and guarding his disciples, but maybe his disciples are immigrants um, and how, why that it was spiritually important for me in, the, in this reflection or like, um, imagining when Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and thinking about how that has to do with us in, in the pandemic where like they were, their whole group was super, super, um, maybe even lonely because they didn't have Jesus and like how that is impactful for us, maybe putting ourselves in Mary Magdalene situation where we might feel some of our parishioners, us, us ourselves, might feel lonely. Um, yeah, so I think that's super impactful for me. Um, the examine is good for me at times, but I think sometimes I can be kind of scatterbrained. So that's um, I need so I, I need it needs to hit at the, I think the right time for it for it to be like um, I guess succinct um, and maybe guided by someone, which is good. Um, and I think. Um, music but i'm not necessarily like i'm not a huge fan personally of like praise and worship like i can I'm, i think i enjoy it when other people when i can listen to praise and worship with other people but not necessarily just by myself i think for me more so it's more like um finding prayer within like some i guess some of my favorite artists like would be like lecrae or any or even like maybe more um uh secular artists like uh, some songs that just have to do with my with values that like align with what like our, our Catholic faith, like a, like a like an Ed Sheeran song or something like that, and like praying it for that. Um, yeah, so well, I it sounds like very similar. I can see your Jesuit influence of like taking God out in the world, like trying to find that because it can be hard, um, you know, with all the secular stuff, trying to find where where do our values fit in that. So I think I don't know. That's really cool. I'll just start trying that myself. Ed Sheeran, is that because he's from Ireland and there's a lot of Catholic people in Ireland? I heard he's actually Catholic too. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that, oh, I'm always excited. Yeah. Is he from Ireland? I actually don't know. I don't know much about Ed Sheeran. I don't, don't want to. This is recorded, so I'm not going to. I'm going to refuse to answer that question. <laughs> in case you're wrong. <laughs> Everyone's Googling right now to see, yeah. like, this is, this is the breaking point on whether they continue to listen if we're right or wrong on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're not going to vote for us when the when the election comes so. oh yeah we are the weakest link goodbye um 
Oh my gosh. But okay, kind of, I mean, we're talking about, you know, when you mentioned the election, you mentioned, you know, listening to popular music, um, you know, you have this Jesuit influence. How, how does being Catholic affect your daily life? I think it impacts like everything that I do. Just be, I think also um, just the fact that I was raised in the church. I think that's like my, um, like, you know, where we're raised, how we're brought up in fact, uh, impacts are the way the lens in which we see the world like even I think even if people like might have left the church I think that 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 lens in which they see the world still impacts them um so I think for me uh I think my lens my catholic lens is within everything I do whether that be like the way that I treat people the way that I um engage in civic duties or whatever and like looking at um catholic social teaching in the way that um those folks who might be on the margins and 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 not and and not just like just for the sake of social justice or so being a social justice warrior so you know quote quote um but i think looking into the way that we do everything and prayerfully reflecting on like why we're doing that um and like there's like there's a reason and there should be like a a, a reason for for, for the things that we do and why we do them um, rooted in our faith, like for instance, Catholic social teaching or, or any other like teachings within the church. Um, yeah. Rooted not only like in our, in our experience, but also in, in the community and the tradition that we like can build off of one another too. Yeah. Um, I don't know with those lenses. So you were saying your, your family has really, leaned into that like it's really led you to see in a different way um but you i guess not recently anymore but um relatively recently kind of moved here to arizona um and and you are here with us at, from saint pat's has that has that changed your lens or has it you know maybe opened it a perspective or made it something stronger or what is that like for you i think for me um I guess maybe context is like this is my first um I guess full-time job so to speak in 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 life uh, also like outside of uh, after school um and as opposed to I think the work that I'd done before within churches was either like freelance or like volunteer work so I think it's opened my eyes to a way, the way in which like a church community and like almost entity, so to speak, but not like, you're not a business, but like um, just the way that it functions, the way that it's structured and how relationships I think work within a, a, a body of people that, that have a task to get done um, and then have multiple tasks like year after year after year and how those relationships work and how like, I think the system functions within one parish. And I think also, um, having that compared to, um, I guess, some of the other work that I've done within other parishes uh, across the different states that I've been in. Um, but I, I think only the vantage point that I had before in other states was just like a weekend with them or like a day with them, whereas opposed to this, I think it's opening my eyes to um, just more of a, like a long-term looking at, looking at how the system functions in the long-term. Um, yeah, and I think... The way in which, like, the way in which I guess, like, programs work and like the spirituality of this particular 
group of people and how like we might emphasize um, one program over another just because that's what the spiritual needs of this community are as opposed to maybe another community might emphasize something differently but yeah I was gonna say um we probably should have done this again before but what what do you do at St. Pat's what is your role ah yes um, <laughs> the need pretty we're going, we're going the detail first, and then we're going to, like, surprise. This is on me. I told him to explain his whole Catholic journey, and we probably should have taken a few steps before that. Uh, but <laughs> No, Thomas is known for just, like, hitting things hard, and we love him for it. He's really good at that. Just dive right in. Um, so I do – I work with our mainly – well, I work with our youth, co-coordinator of youth ministry. So um, a lot of life teen and then some of our edge, middle school, life teen is high school, edge is middle school. And then um, some weirdos, young adult group. No, I'm just kidding. Young, I'm a young adult. <laughs> young adults are fun. We, uh, yeah. So those are like kind of the three things. And that just mainly consists of like um, life team. We uh, have programming once a week um, as well as sometimes some things in between. Same thing with edge and um yeah, same thing with the young adults, a lot of like programming, figuring out ways of prayer, growing in community together and growing in relationship with God. Thank you. <laughs> um, Jacob, I'm curious. Oh, sorry. No, go for it, Thomas. So you kind of just now have explained, you know, where you started and where you are now since we finally asked you what your job was in the Catholic Church. But did you get here alone? Did you have someone that you kind of looked up to? like a family figure or someone at church or I don't know, some random stranger that you saw one time and they inspired you. I don't know. What, what, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's your, do you have, do you have any, or has it just been, you know, a solo project? So you hit it right on the nail. It was just some random stranger walk. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it was, um, so I think growing up for me, it was um, a lot of my mom, like at first, I think go back to that relationship where it was like, just something we did and then like but also within that like growing up it was like Sunday morning and I would we'd we'd be going to mass but I pretend like I was sleeping on the couch so I maybe didn't have to go um but you know we still had to go my mom like yanked us and maybe <laughs> we've all we've all been there uh, excuse <laughs> you I was a great little kid I did not uh, well I did um they have donuts though that's always like the big thing for me with ooh. early morning mass growing up I'm like well at least I get donuts we did, and you we know, have God and all of that, but we did have donuts, but they were in a different building. So it's like sometimes we would go to the donuts, sometimes we wouldn't. And mm. I, yeah, I that's that's effort on that point. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry to open this door of donuts. this whole this whole thing. The, but yes, the trauma so, of yeah. donuts. <laughs> anyway, the so lack of donuts. Think, the lack of donuts. <laughs> but your mom, so she would drag you out of bed. Um, yeah. So basically, so yeah. Um, and I think as I got more mature, it was just like, uh, I think she was just like that, that pillar of that model. Uh, I think as someone who is like that first connection within that family of like identity too, like this is the, this is just, this is who we are. Um, this is our identity. And, um, and I think, yeah, seeing that in, in her. Um, but also I think as I got uh, older, I think some uh, other role models were, I guess for me in um, undergrad, like a lot of the priests at, a lot of the Jesuit priests at um, Loyola, New Orleans, I, I looked up looked up to, and I think I uh, really um, found, I think, spiritual nourishment just in the fact that like, them setting that example, um, as well as uh, my campus minister, 
Laura um, Alexander, who will be on the, one of our later podcasts. Um, shout out to Laura. And um, yeah, I think just campus ministry too in general, because I think in undergrad, just because it was like, it was like a cool place to be with people that were my age. Um, and like the, the, I think the the campus ministers really set, set that tone and uh, were really um, just relational, I think, in what they, what they did, what they tried to do. Has that influenced how you go ahead and lead with our, you know, the teens um, and middle schoolers that are at St. Pat's? Yeah, I think um, what they did, and I think what I try to probably model after is taking basically where like everyone's at, maybe even just like pop culture um, and finding where God is within that. Because I think for me as like an undergrad, I didn't want to study about like the, um, the catechism, like paragraph 14, seven section, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, I didn't want to study uh, every encyclical that was ever made, but I think what I did want to want to in my life was like, where is God present in this final exam or where is God present in, um, this new, um, Chance the Rapper song or whatever. And I think they did a good job of allowing us to process that. Um, and, you know, like this teaching would be embedded within that. Um, like we find our values within these maybe pop culture songs and, or whatever. Um, so I think they could do a good job. And I think that's what I, what I, I think I find myself doing that too, hopefully. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. definitely going to like, I don't know, just, I think it's important to make your faith tactile something that you have currently and you definitely have that about you it's something that I feel like when people meet you they know they know there's something different and unique about you and the more you hang out with you you can see that it's it's your faith which is really cool um what is something that you look forward to your faith for the future I think Look forward to the day when I've got it all figured out. No, it's getting um, I don't know. <laughs> what day is that? Is that next Tuesday or? No, actually, uh, Thursday at 27 p.m. Um, <laughs> I think I. <laughs> yeah. Oh I know. Yeah, I think. I, go ahead. What were you saying? No, you're okay. Okay. No, I think I. I really see myself in the future. I would hope to. Um, Cause I, so I listen to a lot. I listen to some podcasts where like um, it's more like nerdy scripture stuff, and like theology stuff. So I would um, hope to model that someday, eventually, like maybe um, throughout studying, maybe I don't know, some sort of PhD program later on down the road once I'm an old geezer um, to be able to, I guess, maybe have more, um, I get intellectual backing, not to say that like in studying this, we can figure God out a whole bunch, but I, I don't know. I just find that fun. Yeah, no, to get the, again, the re- you, you talked earlier about the reason why we do things, um, being able to go into that, but we have this podcast, which I think all three of us are super excited about. Um, and we have our amazing name, the spirit is lit. And what does the spirit is lit mean to you, Jacob? So the thing is, you got three words there. Whoops, I just hit my um, desk. So the thing is, you got three words there. Oh, no, four, but the. It's four. Yeah. Yeah. 
So just say spirit is lit. Okay, so spirit, what does that mean? Spirit, um, well, I, we think the Holy Spirit, um, because, you know, Catholic, we have the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Um, I really like that word spirit because um, one of my favorite scripture passages, John chapter 1, I don't know which verse is in it. It goes, uh, I don't have it memorized. I, I'll give you kind of paraphrase. It's like, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was. So I really like that as like this, the idea that um, uh, you can, I think other people have kind of translated that too also to say like, in the beginning was Sophia. Sophia was, the word was Sophia. Sophia was with, which basically uh, says that like the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, Sophia wisdom was like working throughout all of, all of creation and like is working now through all of creation, like in every little molecule, um, which means like that, like the spirit is with all of us pumping through like our blood, our breath and blood and all that and veins. It was super cool. Um, is, is, um, I don't know the proper grammar, but it proposition, I don't know, proposition to lead us into lit. So <laughs> lit. So don't, don't, um, Correct me on the grammar, please. Your ball is coming at you now. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So lit is you know when thing is when I think it has two meetings. Like um, you know it's like you're you're at a you're at a you're at you're at a gathering with your friends and it's super fun. You're like yo, it's lit. Come through. It's lit. Like life teen. Yo, it's lit. Come through. Um, so it's like is that what they fun. say? Is that what the teens say about life teen? um i hope so i, <laughs> I don't know so. if that's the word yeah uh, if that's the, yeah i don't know so it's like it's lit like it's it's cool to have the spirit within you um but also like the spirit is lit itself like the spirit is like this fire this light in the world um that kind of guides us um yeah that's my answer okay i like that yeah, I know. It's I'm looking at my answer now. I'm like, ooh. ooh, ooh. Um, but yeah, I forgot my answer. But <laughs> yours sounded really nice. It was very, very poetic. Um, however, I think we're kind of coming to the end of our time. So, at the end of our segment, we have some rapid fire questions for you. So the first one just come whatever comes to the top of your mind. Just spit it out. Um, wh- which is your favorite saint? um saint archbishop oscar romero why because he was uh he was lit he was um <laughs> he was so fun story about him is that he was a uh, from what i from my, from my memory serves me right he was a he was a elected as like the the bishop because they thought in in a, in a within a governmental system that was super corrupt but they thought that they would elect him bishop because he would be quiet he wouldn't say anything he would keep to himself but nope didn't happen he started seeing what was going on with the people who were on the margins people were poor and he started preaching about it and he started doing what he could about it um and then that upset the, the corrupt governmental leaders and then they came after him and um he was uh, assassinated I think. so yeah yeah i think so yeah so kind of crazy um that was a good rapid hour you you gave a really good response that was like you were prepared Um, yeah you had that in your back pocket ready to go (laughs) um so we're gonna go from assassinations to coffee dutch bros or starbucks um so here's the thing since i started working at st patrick's i've been drinking more i like don't use i didn't ever drink coffee and i've never been to dutch bros so i gotta say starbucks i usually just go with the um that nitro cold brew just because it's like the easiest one 
I think that's also because like, for the, those of you listening and maybe don't know Jacob um, and you're getting to him tonight, Jacob is like the healthiest person I know. Like you eat kale and then you put like more kale on top of it. And yeah. I think you put like you, you put dressing on the side for dessert. <laughs> that's what I feel like you do. <laughs> I agree. I can second second that. Jacob, when you go to restaurants with him, he just like I forgot where you were, but you ordered an excessive amount of vegetables and it was it was weird. I think I ordered like the, the vegetable side instead of the fries or something like that. Not excessive, Thomas. Oh, it was it was you had to be there. It was bad. <laughs> he has a fried salad with with his veggie burger, but only has what, like uh carrots for the bun and something like that no it was a, it was a les bun yeah yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> there you go of course it was oh my gosh okay um this is gonna get them we're gonna stir the pot um who's more lit me or thomas i think let me see i think i would say emmy is more lit because uh emmy just like pumped her fist because she's got all <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to get um, yeah, she reacts more to things i i get that yeah, and I think, and I think Emmy knows pop culture pretty well, so I <laughs> that's that makes Emmy pretty lit. I'm really um, upset about that. I definitely know more about pop culture totally than Emmy. I just know Disney. I know Disney, and I know how to smile and nod. <laughs> I think, Tom, but then I think Thomas, um, Thomas is chill and funny too at the same time. Um, and Thomas, the thing about Thomas is you go real deep with Thomas, whether you like it or not, like within the first two seconds. <laughs> Some people like that about me. A lot of people don't, but you know, you gotta, you hit or miss. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, so true. All right, but if you were Pope for one day, what what is the thing that you would do? Or what- You get a, you, you you get a full, hours. you have 24 hours. 24 like hours. What, what do you do? We'll even like let you start like not in, at like midnight wherever you're sleeping. <laughs> I would, um, I would probably, I don't know. I would uh, flip tables. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would probably, um, I really kind of want to know how like the, how like the um, politics work within the, within the, um, I guess the Vatican within the world of, of the Catholic church and like how, um, how they decide on like how they move forward and like what the Pope's discernment process is. And like, um, in terms of like the catechism, like I'm sure he had like people around him, uh, like when he wanted to change the the death penalty uh, rule to being, um, to not being okay in all, in all situations. I'm sure he had people around him. I'm sure he was praying and all that um, into that. But I, I, I would be interested in seeing like how that process works. Cause that's a huge decision. <laughs> The big one, yes. All right, I think we have our last question for tonight. Um, first off, before we ask this, thank you for your time. Um, it's been super fun just kind of chilling with you guys. And now um, we just need to know, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? So I, um, I got this one in my back pocket too. Um, so I actually... <laughs> took a class in my undergrad. It was an um, intro to the anthropological um, phenomenology of the theology within the Jesus Christ's resurrection. And uh, 
Wait, I'm so sorry. Was that the title of the class? That was like the longest. No, I'm just making up names. But um, um <laughs> that class taught me that it um when the spirit slid, it just burns the, the tootsie pop because like you don't need to so burnt yeah. sugar doesn't smell good though. I but that's not a lick. That's that's oh, different. <laughs> well, if you burn it, then you don't have to lick it as much. But then that's not the question. <laughs> All right, I'll say three. Three? Yes, don't you remember the commercial with the owl? But he doesn't lick it. He eats it. And then the whole thing is like, how many licks does it take? The world will never know. Like, it's the whole, I, out of our three guesses, I'm confident that I'm closest. I'm going to say you're wrong. It's two against one. (laughs) You can always burn it. You can always burn it. Like, All right, next <laughs> podcast, Jacob. Find the exact science behind it. We're gonna we're gonna, oh we're gonna no, circle next, back. No, no, no. Next podcast is just gonna be us talking about stuff while we're like licking these <laughs> cookie pops throughout the entire thing. I think I said like two hundred and seventy sometimes, or maybe more than that. I did it once. Okay, this is the question though. Is that like the center? Does that mean that like the entirety is gone, or like just the first second that you get? I think the majority of the candy has to be gone. That's totally different. Well, once you get down that long, like it's not going to be substantially that more licks. You know what I mean? Like the majority of licks are done. No, then you're in like a you're in a range. No, I lick one side. What about the other side? The other side isn't. What do you mean? Just lick one side? No. Like you lick. What do you mean? Like the whole. You put it in your mouth each side. That's like popping a tootsie pop. That's not licking. Licking like. Licking is where you stick your tongue out and you lick it. I think it's a matter of the contact between the 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 Tootsie Roll Pop making with your tongue and then coming off the tongue. That's one lick. And how you do that. Oh my goodness. Well, I hope everyone listening, um, please, please do us a favor. Um, get a Tootsie Pop and, and tell us how many it takes. And also tell us in the description after you give us how many licks it was, um, please go ahead and tell us what your technique was. Um, because apparently this is more controversial than so I So yes, your number of licks and also the technique. This <laughs> is for science, it's really important. Oh, it's gonna help our prayer life for sure. <laughs> oh, well, anyways, thank you, Jacob, for opening up a little bit about yourself. Thomas and I have had a good time we didn't grill you too hard, did we? Did we not too oh, hard? I'm just going to cry after this. It's fine. That's fair. Thomas, do you have any other questions to hit home before to make him cry? Jacob, what could win in a fight, an elephant or a rhino? Which one has the horn? The rhino has the horn, right? <laughs> wait, 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 which one has the horn? Jacob, you have a master's degree in school. <laughs> in um, school. <laughs> you went to a school and got a master's degree. You need to know what a rhino is. No, and an elephant. I have a master's. Well, the elephant has the tusks, yeah. right? So that's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> it depends on what type of elephant. Some elephants do have tusks, some do not. It depends if it's African or Asian. Don't okay, let's me? pretend like this is an African elephant with tusks. There you go. For <laughs> your. The tusks are low, so you're not going to get any um, damage done if you're going to have a fight. So I think the rhino with the that, because you can just charge. With the, I'm doing gestures, but the I wish everyone could see like the oh my goodness, this is this is a beautiful game of charades that we're playing right now. I think the elephant would win, but I'm I acknowledge you your to, answer. You acknowledge. Well, anyways, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much. 
Everyone, please keep the spirit lit with inside you and we will catch you next time. Later. Have a great summer. Hags. <laughs> Hags.